Yeah, so I think uh, what uh, the point I was trying to make was that uh, you know that uh, it's uh, it's both the rod and the reproof they need to go together. Okay, uh, rod is a complement, and, and frankly, if I were to um, you know give a priority to the two, I would say uh, it's a communication that needs to predominate. Okay, because rod is something that really can get misused, it can be abused, uh, it can lead to all kinds of relational issues if not used in the right way having said that you know it is scriptural and so we'll study about that uh, uh, starting next week in terms of you know what what are the parameters for the use of the rods according to scripture okay so um, so so that's what we've been talking about the last uh, last couple of weeks uh, you know that uh, it's about about using different types of communication right and then we when we looked at first thessalonians 5 14 we see that even in the context of our relationship with uh, with other people in the church uh, in terms of uh, you know uh, whether it's discipline or instruction or you're trying to deal with problems that are caused in the church you know it says uh, very clearly uh, you know the apostle paul says to the church in thessalonica that first uh, thessalonians 5:14 now we exhort you okay now we encourage you Brethren, warn those who are unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, be patient with all. Okay, see that no one renders evil for evil, but always pursue what is good, both for yourselves and for all. So we see here that we see there are several different ways of uh, communication. Okay, and and these are tailored to the need and to the individual, uh, the people that you are dealing with. So it says. It talks about exhortation or, or encouragement. It talks about uh, warning. Uh, it talks about uh, comfort or uh, uh, you know or or, or uh, you know uh, comforting the faint heart. Talk about upholding, right? Holding up. So uh, so you can see a lot of different elements there, and and you know warning is tried to those who are unruly, those who you know the word unruly means insubordinate or idle. Okay, those who are not listening, you if they don't listen. You have to warn them about the consequences of their behavior, right? If they're faint-hearted, they're, you know, you have to comfort them or encourage them, right? Uh, you know, those who are, it's not a matter of them not listening, it's that they are, they're very down, okay? They're down on themselves, they're down on life. You need to comfort them. Those who are weak, you know, you need to uphold them, you need to instruct them, you need to uh, hold them up in prayer, right? And be patient with all. So when you're dealing with other human beings and trying to, mold their behavior or shepherd their hearts, whether it's individuals in the church or, uh, or, or your children, you know, uh, a key element that's required there is patience, okay? And we can never forget that uh, and patience takes time. So, so very quickly, we talked about these uh, different types of communication. We talked about encouragement, um, you know, it's about inspiring and filling with hope and courage. It's to use when the child understands that he or she is is wrong, right? When the child understands that they're wrong and you want to, uh, you just want to, you just need to uh, help them, you know, to, to encourage them out of that disappointment and to do the right thing. Um, correction, of course, it's when they go against God's standard, right? Uh, you know, which uh, 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17 tells us that the word of God is, is uh, you know, useful for reproof, for correction, for instruction, righteousness. Rebuke, right? Rebuke is something a little strict and uh, and very very much uh, uh, you know aimed at uh, censuring certain behavior. Okay, it's, it expresses 
a sense of alarm like you know how can you do that okay how could you do that uh, or uh, uh, and then uh, entreaty so entreaty is intense uh, and earnest pleading so you know sometimes it's pleading uh, in anticipation of what might go wrong if the child doesn't so doesn't understand what we're talking about, right so pleading against sexual sins instruction and teaching is is providing a lesson or information to help them understand the world and to understand the uh, to impart knowledge to them right teaching is something you do after a failure uh, and uh, you know it can be you can do it any time but especially after a failure you know you want to make sure that they understand the the, the logic behind things the why the what uh, and help them to really uh, you know tune their heart back to the the scriptures and then um, warning is of course uh, putting them on guard or alerting them regarding danger it can be you know you observe them doing something and you you warn them against it because uh, you know potentially warn them of the consequences sometimes it might be a warning in advance where maybe they're going into an environment that you think might be dangerous you know like for example a child going to college you would you would uh, give him a lot of warning a child going into a uh, work okay uh, so you know my my son david is uh, going to start a job on monday you know and thank you to all who prayed for him but but it's a new phase in his life and he's going into the workplace and and you know the last few days and uh, you know I, i've been giving him certain advice and certain warnings about these are things you should watch out for right that's that's a warning in anticipation not because i necessarily see him doing any of those things but these are things temptations that might come his way or dangers that might come his way or situations that he might be placed in right and um, and it's a warning around you know maintaining integrity around faithfulness around uh, submitting to your uh, you know to your uh, you know the people that are in authority over you around uh, you know all of these kind of things so so that's a warning and then the last one was prayer so listening to your child pray and the child hearing you pray that's one of the best ways that you as a parent can communicate your heart to the child okay it allows uh, it allows each of you to understand each other's heart and to really feel the impact of uh, uh, of these things and of course prayer is speaking to god but but it also has an impact on those who are listening right so um uh, i just want to go and talk about a couple of things we talked about authority and influence uh, you know and uh, uh, you know as you as your when your child is younger you are relying more on on your authority right because you are the authority figure in the child's life and uh, but your your ability to use authority uh, with your child effectively diminishes over time right so you can't uh, sort of uh, you know when when your when your when your child is young very young you know a baby or 2 years old or 4 years old or 6 years old you know and going up into the teen years you uh, you know there's a lot of things a child will do simply because they are um, you know you are the authority figure in their life you're bigger than them uh, and they know they're very dependent on you right uh, they're very dependent on you uh, and uh, and they build up that 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 sort of you know fear sometimes it's a healthy fear sometimes it's an unhealthy fear uh, but nevertheless you know they're sort of in a position where they sort of have to do it right uh, uh, and uh, and of course your uh, as they grow older though what you need to have happen is that you switch gears and you can see how uh, using influence okay influence as a tool goes up with age right so when you're young when the child is young 
then you know there's a less uh, of a use of influence but when your child is 18 you know when they've left the home um, you really don't have a whole lot of authority you know uh, you know over them you can't really tell them they're they're independent you know when, when they start working they're more independent of you uh, but that's where you know uh, you you need to have the influence where they respect you and they listen to you uh, you know leadership by influence right so because they respect you they honor you um, you know and therefore they listen to what you have to say and maybe sometimes they'll take it sometimes they won't but nevertheless they look to you for that counsel uh, because they trust your wisdom and that's that's something that you build up during those early years right so it's not that that it's all authority and then you flip the switch right you can see the way those things are going you know even as authority is coming down influence is going up right and somewhere in the life of that child the two cross um, and uh, as a child becomes physically bigger mentally you know more uh, capable emotionally stronger you know you want to you want to switch and use more of influence right where you're talking to them you're explaining to them you're getting them to understand because their understanding is going up you know when a child is young they're doing things you know it's it's not the time to do a lot of uh, talking about things, you know, you, you certainly can and should talk. Communication starts, you know, from, from that young age. But nevertheless, you know, sometimes you just have to lay down the law, right? You have to use the rod a lot more. So you can sort of, uh, you know, equate this to, you know, the rod and, and, and reproof, right? So, so certainly at the early ages, you might see more rod, later on less rod, you know, um, you know early on uh, a little less communication, although communication is always part of the equation. Okay, but as you go up, the communication tends to dominate a lot more. And maybe at some point, it's almost exclusively, you know, communication and influence. Okay. All right. So uh, I just want to talk about, uh, you know, give, give sort of an overarching uh, view from the Bible about uh, what is the Bible's vision? You know, what does the Bible say, uh, you know, about this uh, matter of communication with our children? Why is it so important? And why is it that I'm not going right to the rod, which everybody seems to be, uh, you know, uh, waiting for eagerly. Uh, and part of the reason I'm holding it off is because I want to get get through to everybody that, uh, you know, this is more important. Okay, if you get this right, uh, you know, you have a greater, uh, you know, greater chance of your child, uh, you know, being uh, brought up in the nurture and admission of the Lord, right? So we'll go to three passages. Uh, um, you know, one is, uh, one is, uh, uh, or three parts of scripture, rather, Deuteronomy chapter six, right? And, and here we see several things. We see the goal, right? And I'm just going to read that out. Uh, you can follow along. So the goal of communicating with our children, which is what that you may, so I'm reading verses two and three of Deuteronomy six, that you may fear the Lord, your God, to keep all his statutes and his commandments which I command you, you and your son and your grandson all the days of your life, and that your days may be prolonged. Therefore, hear, O Israel, and be careful to observe it, that it may be well with you, and that you may multiply greatly as the Lord God of your fathers has promised you, a land flowing with milk and honey. So we see here that the, uh, the goal is to have three generations that live in the fear of the Lord and obey his commands, right? So he says, so that you may fear the Lord, your God, and keep his statutes. So fearing the Lord and obeying and living in obedience to his word, to his statutes, to his commandments. Okay. Uh, and then he says, you, not only you, but your son. Okay. That's the next generation. And your grandson, the generation after that. So, 
So the goal here of what God is telling the children of Israel is that I want you to propagate this down. Okay, I want you to propagate this idea of living in the fear of the Lord, okay, and obeying his commands. I want you to propagate that down to your children and your children's children. Of course, the idea is that this will then keep on going, right? And it keeps on going generation after generation. Uh, and the people stay close to God because they were the people of God. Now, what is the means to achieving this goal? So again, we go to verse 7. You know, it says, you shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. So it's, it's, um, it's passionate communication. Okay. So, so nowhere here does it, does it talk about anything other than communicate. Okay. These words that which I command you today shall be in your heart. Okay. Verse six. Okay. And what will you do? You shall teach them. Okay. Teaching is of course, communication without Communication, you can't teach, right? You should communicate them diligently, okay? You should be take this seriously, okay? You should communicate uh, what I have commanded you, my commands, my word, my statutes, right? Uh, uh, and what you communicate them diligently to your children. And then he says, you shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. And this is pretty much, you know, he's using these different scenarios to describe pretty much all of life, right? I mean, there's not much else we do other than one of these four things, right? At any point in time, we're either, uh, you know, we're either, uh, uh, you know, uh, sitting in our house or we are walking by the way, you know, going out and about, or we are, uh, you know, we are uh, lying down, okay, or you're rising up. So it's just those four things to capture the essence of what our life consists of, right? The kind of activities. And he's saying that in every one of these activities, uh, what you need to do is that um, is that you are to talk about it, okay, at all times. Right, you are to talk about God at all times with your child. There shouldn't be too many conversations where you don't bring God into it. And, and honestly, there is no conversation that on any topic for that matter that you cannot bring God into it because after all, God is the, the creator of the universe. He's the, uh, you know He's all powerful and He's involved in everything that goes on, right? Uh, every explanation of what's going on out there can always be related to God in some way or the other. And this is important that, that we, we do this. And it's, uh, uh, it, it's, uh, it's passionate communication about God all the time. And then as you go through, you, you see that he says that, uh, you know, you shall, verse 8, uh, you shall bind them uh, as a sign on your hand. They shall be as frontlets between your eyes. Verse 9, you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. So, you know, communication, communicating this truth is such an essential thing that, that even the, the things that you wear, the clothing and the household decorations, are, you know, what you put around the house uh, are, are to convey this truth. And, you know, uh, I know growing up in, in, our, in our homes, especially, uh, you know, Kerala homes and maybe all of you who have, most of you have grown up in, uh, you know, in, uh, in um, believing homes, you know, one of the practices, common practices that, that, that people have is they put up verses, right? You put up little, uh, you know, framed verses or, you know, the one, uh, the typical one that I've seen almost every home I've been to was, you know, um, the, uh, you know, the Lord is the head of this home and, uh, you know, the silent guest at every meal and the, I don't even remember it anymore, uh, you know, the silent listener to every conversation and, and so on and so forth. And we see these sort of common, you know, me and my house, we will serve the Lord, right? There are these common, Verses that are put up, you know, on big plaques, and people use them and give them as gift. 
when somebody's housewarming. You know, that's that's a very biblical thing. It's what it's saying is it's not just about putting up things, but but even that's part of it where you're building that environment, right? So so this is such an important thing that uh, you know that uh, that you are to uh, you know even the household decorations are to convey the truth of God's word so that you're surrounding your child in an environment where they are they are surrounded by God's word. Why you take them to church? Why you take them to uh, Sunday school, right? Uh, because you want them to be, uh, to be, you know, um, you know, imbibing the word of God. The word of God is getting into them so that, of course, ultimately they have to believe on their own. But nevertheless, that's not going to really happen, uh, you know, unless you, uh, you know, you're, you're going to be putting the word of God into them. And not only that, when you go to verse 13 through 25, which uh, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it says, you know, you shall fear the Lord your God and serve him and shall take oaths in his name. You shall not go after other gods for the gods of the people who are all around you. For the Lord your God is a jealous God among you, lest the anger of the Lord your God be aroused against you and destroy you from the face of the earth. You shall not tempt the Lord your God as um, you tempted him in, in uh, Massa. Verse 17, you shall diligently keep the commandments of the Lord your God, his testimonies and his statutes which he has commanded you. And you shall do what is right and good in the sight of the Lord that it may be well with you. Okay, and so he's saying here that, you know, you have to follow uh, lifestyle choices, you know, that follow the ways of God. Okay, there's a little typo there on the slide, but follow the ways of God and be different from the nations, right? Because, why? Because, uh, and he goes on, uh, verse 20, uh, it says, because, why should you do this? Because when your son asks you in time to come, say, what is the meaning of the testimonies? the statutes and the judgment which the Lord our God has commanded. You remember when they, when they crossed the, the Jordan, right? Uh, if you remember that story when Joshua is leading the children of Israel across the Jordan, they cross the Jordan and he tells them to pick up 12 stones, right? And, and place these 12 stones, one on top of the other, one for each uh, of the tribes of the children of Israel. And it says, why, why should you do this? So that it will be a memorial, right? And when your children ask you, well, why do we have this memorial? You know, why do we have this, this pillar of stones standing there in the middle of the river? Well, it's because, you know, you can explain to them, well, it's because when we came, you know, out of Egypt and you can give the whole story, recount the blessing of God and the deliverance that God gave them out of Egypt and they came to the Jordan and they need to cross over into the promised land. The Lord parted the river and they crossed over on dry land, right? Uh, so, so again, you know, the, the choices that we make and being different, you know, why do we, why do we, um, uh, you know, emphasize being different from the nations, from the people around us, from those who are not believers, you know, uh, sometimes we get too legalistic about it, but nevertheless, there is value, there is, there is biblical basis for this, for, for that separation, okay, it is so that your children see that, hey, you know what, you're not the same, okay, we don't, um, you know, consume alcohol like the people do, we don't party, like the people do. We don't do certain things like the other people do. And then they ask you, hey, why don't we do that? Okay, well, the typical answer is, well, because, you know, we are brethren or because uh, what do people think? Okay, that's wrong. Okay, that's the wrong reason. Okay, but when they come, when you do that differently, you're setting a different example and you cause them to ask you, you sit down there and explain to them, why are we different? Okay, because we want to honor God, right? We want to focus on the things that are pure and noble and good report and all of these kind of things, right? Uh, we want to make sure that we are being holy as God is holy, right? So, so it's a great opportunity there by your choices 
you know, to or, or your child wants something or wants to go somewhere and say, you know what, son or daughter, you know, that's not a place we can go to. Okay, that's not a place we go to. And they ask you why, and you explain to them why. Okay, it's a great way of, of imbibing into them, uh, you know, how to look at the world from the eyes of scripture, from the eyes of God, and, and position them, prepare them to make those decisions of their own later on, right? And then, you know, in um, verses four, four to six, uh, you know, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, right? So you see here that it starts with the parent, right? So this is before he goes to the children, he says, and then what I command you shall be in your heart, you shall teach them. So he's talking here, verse four, five, and six is talking to the parents, okay? The fathers in particular. He says, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. So, you know, the father is to speak to their children. The mother is to speak to her children from a deep and spiritual connection with the truth of God's word. And if you don't have that truth, okay, of God's word, if you are not building yourself up in the word of, God, word of God, then, you know, you will not know what truth to speak to. You will not know how to connect the truth to their daily lives. You will not know how to do all those six things we talked about, encouragement, correction, instruction, and entreaty, and, uh, and, and, and warnings, and so on and so forth, right? So, so this is very important. And, and I just want you to understand, uh, you know, uh, here it is that the children of Israel, they're coming into the promised land. God is giving them this instruction focused on one thing alone, right? And that is training up your children. And the one thing he says about how you train up your children is through communication, right? It's not about the rod, it's about communication. So keep that. Okay, Psalm 145, verse 4. Let me just quickly go there. Psalm 145. Again, the same thought. I'm just looking at these portions of scripture so that you, uh, you know, just to drive home the importance of this. So Psalm 145 verse 4 says, one generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare, uh, shall declare your mighty acts. One generation devotes itself to commending and telling of God's mighty acts. Okay. So, uh, so this is uh, uh, again, the same thought, right? And, uh, you know, when you look at verse 1 to 3, it says, I will extol you, my God, O King, um, and I will bless your name forever and ever. And the, the, the title of the psalm says, A Song of God's Majesty and Love. Verse 2, Every day I will bless you, I will praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised as greatness is unsearchable. So you see, the psalmist here is, is just overwhelmed with the glory of God. He's overwhelmed with the grandeur and the majesty of God. And he says that, you know, and then he says, one generation shall praise your works to another. Who will you praise it to? You will praise it to your next generation. You will tell your children, okay, uh, about the glory of God. You will tell your children about the grandeur and the majesty of God. You will tell uh, them about how his greatness is unsearchable. And of course, you know, you can't do that unless you yourself are overwhelmed with this, that you yourself have experienced the greatness of God in your own life and your experience it daily. Okay, but the important thing is you are to not just keep that with you. Okay, whatever you've experienced in life, the tough times you've been through, the, the, the difficulties that you've been through and how God has guided you and brought you through, you know, you are to uh, communicate that. Okay, you have to pass that on uh, to the next generation, right? And then um, the third uh, portion of scripture, I'm not going to go through it, but uh, you know, I encourage you, 
when you have time to go through and, and just note down, uh, you know, underline, highlight, whatever, all these, these instructions that start with, listen, my son, or pay attention, my son, right? Uh, listen to the words of your father, you know, do not despise the words of your mother, right? And you look at that and it's all about a call to a lifestyle of, of communication, saying listen, right? What is listen? Listen means, you know, if, if you want somebody to listen to you, uh, you know, then you better be saying something to them, right? Otherwise, there's nothing to listen to, right? If you want somebody to pay attention to you, you need, you better be imparting something to them, right? Otherwise, there's nothing to pay attention to. So uh, the point of this is just to uh, drive home this this fact that you know uh, when it comes to raising our children, the Bible's vision is one of communication, constant communication, communicating through our environment, communicating through our words, communicating at all times, right? Uh, giving them words that are worth listening to, giving them things that are worth paying attention to, right? Because it's real, because it's connected to their lives, because it explains the world to them, because it, it prepares them. Uh, you know, in how to make decisions, <clears throat> you know, living that way, being an example and then communicating to them. So that's the, um, that's the crux of, of this whole uh, area. And then some of the things that you should communicate, okay, you should communicate truths about God, you know, who God is, his grandeur, his majesty, his greatness. Uh, you should communicate your assessment of, of your child's conduct of development. You know, you need to have communication with a child, what are, you, what are you observing in their character? You know, I see, you know, uh, you know, that you, you know, whatever your name is, or I see that you are not being merciful, or you are not being kind, or you're not being loving, right? Uh, we need to communicate this. And then, you know, you also need to communicate, this is very important, the dynamics of the Christian life, you need to communicate through how, through all those things, right? When you're sitting, when you're standing, when you're rising, when you're sleeping, uh, when you're walking by the wayside, you know, what is it? What is the Christian life? We need to see that in you. Okay, how do you repent of your sins, right? How do you, uh, you know, give them an understanding of, of some of some theological topics, even, you know, about God, about the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, how do you find comfort? You know, take them to scripture. How do you be thankful? You know, you teach them when something happens, you know, we, we thank the Lord, right? Uh, you know, I try to do this in small ways with, with Josiah for little, little things, you know, when, when we lost our cat, you know, we would pray, you know, and uh, then when the cat was found, we say, hey, let's thank the Lord, right? So don't take these things for granted, right? Those are small ways in which you're building in the child this notion that the, the idea that, you know, what God is a father that I can go to, that, that he's all powerful. I can go to him with all of my needs, right? And uh, when the prayer is answered, you give him thanks. Finding forgiveness from God and man. How do you find strength in temptation? Right? Your children are faced with temptation, temptation to selfishness, temptation to, um, you know, to, to uh, take it out on a sibling, uh, temptation, all of these things. You, know, you need to teach them how to deal with that. Right? Joy in trials, joy in serving others. You know, how do you get, you know, when they're fighting with each other, you know, teach them about the joy of serving others. Teach them about the hope of glory, the glorious hope that we have. Uh, you know, a great situation here with the pandemic to teach them about why, you know what, we don't need to fear. You know, yeah, we've got to be responsible and all that, but we don't need to fear. You know, if, if we die today, uh, you know, if daddy or mommy, something happens, then we're going to be in heaven. You're teaching them and, and then they ask you, well, how do you know that, right? Then you go take them to the gospel, right? About how you have the, the, the confidence and the hope of glory. And then the delights of knowing God, you know, you need to talk to them. And, and mothers especially have a knack of doing this, right? But, but mothers and fathers need to do all of these things. So these are just some of the things that, 
that we need to communicate to our children. And, uh, you know, I just want to uh, maybe read uh, a, a part of, uh, of the book here um, uh, in page 98, you know, uh, in a section of page 98. Uh, here's what we read, okay. Influence represents the willingness of a child to place himself under the authority, under authority because of trust. Okay, it's talking about that, uh, the graph there that we talked about, right? But this trust has several elements. Now, how do children trust you? So listen to this. Children trust you when they know you love them and when they know that you are committed to their good, when they know that you understand them, when they know you understand their strengths and their weaknesses. Okay, so you have to communicate, hey, this is some good things I see in your nature, you know, and this is some things that are not so good. Okay, now very often we tend to keep focusing on the bad and disciplining them and we don't I can tell you, every one of my kids, you know, they've got serious character issues, okay? The, the younger ones I'm talking about, well, the older ones do as well, but, uh, you know, just stick to the younger ones here. But, you know, every one of them has got something good, and it's a, it's a paradox, right? On the one hand, you see, you know, I was just talking to Lisa today about one of, one of our, our, our kids, uh, and, uh, you know, right before this lesson, actually, about how, you know, he's just so diligent in getting things done and doing things, and he, you don't have to tell him, and he's so responsible. But then on the other hand, you know, there's, there's a list of things that reveal a certain, um, you know, a certain negative thing, part of his character where, where that diligence ends up becoming a reason for him to put down the others, put down his siblings, okay, and put them down. Uh, so, so, you know, so you need to, you know, the child needs to know that you understand their strengths and their weaknesses. When they know that you have invested yourself in encouragement, in correction, in rebuke, in entreaty, in instruction, in warning, in teaching and prayer, right? That's how, that's how you build trust when they see you doing all of these things. If all they see is that you get angry and you whack them with the rod, uh, you know, you're not going to get that level of trust, okay? Um, and when a child knows that all his life, okay, all his life, you have sought to see the world through his eyes, then he will trust you when they know that you have tried to understand them. When he knows that you have not tried to make him like you or like anybody else, but only, and listen to that, okay? You have not tried to make him like you or like anybody else, all right? But only sought to help him to realize his full potential as a creature God made to know him and live in relationship, in the relationship of fellowship with him. Then he will trust you, right? It's not about pushing that kid to excel in his grade so that he can get this and that, uh, but it's to make sure that he is honoring God with the way he studies, with his diligence, with his application, uh, you know, to doing that thing, right? With, with, with being responsible, he honors God. So you got to teach him no matter what you do, okay? You do it to the glory of God, right? We talked about the, the vision for our children, you know, that they may know God, um, you know, and enjoy him forever. They may glorify God and enjoy him forever, right? So let me just read that last sentence again. When he knows that you have not tried to make him like you or like anybody else, but only sought to help him realize his full potential as a teacher, God made to know him and live in the relationship, fellowship with him, then he will trust you. Okay, we're going to, we're going to, uh, I hope, I hope you all, you all understand the point here. We're going to do an exercise and uh, I'm going to, uh, uh, you know, I'm going to ask for volunteers because you guys are all very shy and nobody Volunteers, but if you do, great. So here's a situation, okay? We just picked it out of the workbook here. So I'm going to read this out. 
okay it's a it's a, a real life situation um and we can make up our own situation so your wife asks you to go out at 8 a.m 8 p.m sorry for milk okay she has rupees 500 note so you get the milk and return home uh, leaving the change on the kitchen counter so you're the dad you've gone out you bought the milk you've come back you know milk costs whatever the milk costs there's some change you know you put it on the table later she asks your wife that is asked for the change and you discover that it is missing and then of course you go around you ask your children did anybody see the change and none of them everybody denies it okay in our house it's usually who ate the chocolate you know, nobody owns up to who ate the chocolate that was kept in the fridge for for somebody else uh, picking up clothes after the kids are in bed your wife discovers the exact change in your 14 year old daughter's jeans okay so here you are you're a 14 year old keep in mind that this is you know, you're sort of past that age, you know, where, where, where you need to sort of, you know, the, the communication, the influence needs to be dominating in terms of how you deal with your child. Um, so obviously this child, 14 year old child, the daughter, uh, you know, uh, has, uh, has filched the money, okay, stolen the money and, and uh, taken it off for whatever reason, right? So, so here's the question, here's the exercise. Think through how to approach this situation. What combination of the eight types of communication will you use? Right. And just as a as a reminder, you know we have uh, encouragement, correction, rebuke, entreaty. I combine instruction and teaching, warning and prayer. Okay, encouragement, correction, rebuke, entreaty, instruction, teaching, warning and prayer. Remember what we talked about last week. You know these are not like uh, mutually exclusive. That. In any one situation, it's one thing. You typically will bring more of several of these together. And so there's no, uh, you know, this is not an objective, you know, pick one kind of thing, right? It's probably pick multiple. Uh, but what I'd like to do is just uh, is go through this exercise and have you, have you all uh, just tell me, you know, uh, not just say encouragement, but tell me, well, well, how would you go about doing that, right? Or, or where would you start off with, right? So, uh, okay. So if nobody wants to volunteer, I'm going to pick somebody. Who do I pick? Who's got teenagers here? Hi, Jachan. Okay, Raj. Raj yep. Yeah. So, so, so just, just tell me one. You don't have to pick all of them. Just pick one that you would use and explain to me how you would go about doing that. So it was uh, the one which, which has mentioned, I mean, which has a warning. So I believe that will warning, be the right okay. fit. Yeah, right fit here considering the situation is really critical and she can repeat it again. Okay. So what would you, how would you? So first of all, I'll, uh, early morning, when we wake up in morning, I'll ask, uh, is, is there anyone who saw the money? And then I'll try to take out the truth from them. If they're not speaking the truth, then I'll tell this that, that they, yeah, but, but keep in mind here, here, you know, that it's one particular child. So let's, let's patient. Okay, so you know it's a child, so you don't have to worry about all that, you know, try to get the truth. Okay, because uh, your wife has found it in the in the 14 year old's pocket, right? So you know it's them, so you know. So so now the child is in front of you, you know, how, how do you go about warning? What would be the content of your warning? So uh, I, I believe my content should be um, telling her that this is not the right thing to do. If she needs some money, she will have to provide the reason and then we can give her money if this is really necessary. Otherwise, if she is picking up it, I mean, she's taking up the money without our uh, information or informing us, then uh, she will have to, you know, uh, go through some punishment, that kind okay. of thing. Okay. So, so let's think about that. Uh, everything you said is all good. Okay. 
but was that really a warning um what is a warning think about difference from warning i think warning will be more about uh, telling her that if, if such thing are happening in future then maybe uh, deduction uh, from his pocket money or uh, yeah, that's a consequence but 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 what would be think about like if you're warning somebody what what would you want to tell them what would you want to they should not repeat it next time that is what i would mean yeah that's more of a more of an instruction um let me go back to the thing on warning anybody else wants to add i want us to get get little precise here so that we understand the difference okay malin wants to add sorry ajit malin wanted to answer that's right yeah malin i think the first thing will be correction Josh, I think. Yeah, we'll 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 come to that because I think it's all of those. But let's. I just want to. I just want to use it as example. What what is warning? Warning says, you know, see, look at that. Put on putting them on guard and alert regarding a probable danger. Okay, so this is this is a case of theft, right? Fill them with cautions of the Bible, sowing and reaping principle. Okay, so so what what are you warning them against? okay uh, so so everything raj said was accurate okay but but i i don't think that was a warning okay what what are you warning them against that was more instruction and trying to explain uh, but but when you say warn when you're warning somebody you're warning them against uh, think about sowing and reaping okay make it make it into a bigger life thing here so this is a thing they she stole money off the table jeffrey what i think is that we need to understand why the uh, 14 year old did the mistake to begin with what is the intent yeah yeah, yeah hold on hold on hold on jeffrey jeffrey yes we need to do all that okay yes, I, yes. i want i want to just focus the discussion here okay i want us to get in ahead how do you go about doing a warning since raj picked warning okay we'll come back to you what you said is correct uh, but uh, but uh, but how do you go about giving a what are we warning them against maybe joby so somewhere in the conversation you start warning them okay about the dangers of this behavior uh i think that it also depends from child to child but then uh pretty no, no, much take this child 14 year old child okay has absolutely you know she stole the money what's the warning come on mothers i think mothers would be better at this yeah. Yeah, Jorchen, this is Agnes here. Yeah, Agnes. Um, I think warning should come after an incident happens. Of... No, 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 absolutely. Yes, we we are not talking about sequence here. I'm just saying somewhere in here you want to warn. I just want to focus on warning. We'll come in to how the... to do warning. You mean to say how we should do warning? Yeah, yeah. So, so the child has admitted. You know, what is the warning that you're giving them? What would make something a warning in this instance? the bringing the command of god no the word ah thank you good so and what therefore what and this will lead to consequences the consequences and uh, yeah and what consequences will it lead to it will lead to hell it will lead to god oh, i mean well, let's let's not go to hell just here okay um, i mean it will lead to further disobedience from god right i mean if somebody steals what are they Thief. A thief. Thief. A thief. What are the consequences of being a thief in society? Jail. 
Okay. What what happens if you thieve? If you if you steal, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, three hundred rupees off the table today. Okay. What happens tomorrow if you're not corrected? Okay. You steal a bigger amount, and then you go and steal from the workplace, and and, and you know, the, the, so that's what I'm trying to get to. You need to understand that when you give a warning, you're you're trying to help them understand why it's not it's not about that that hundred rupees she stole. Okay. It's not just about that. Yes, it is about that, but it's not just about that. Okay, that's how you're, you're, you're communicating to them and having that conversation because, you know, the child saw it, was tempted, oh, you know what, I can use this for something, you know, whatever a 40-year-old wants to use money for. And they think uh, it's anyway dad and mom's, you know, they don't, dad, dad's got plenty of money, he doesn't care. You know, all these things, but what you're trying to teach them is, you know, stealing is wrong. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not covet. Okay, go back to the word of God, right? So connect everything to the word of God. Don't bring in all this, this, this worldly psychology. Yeah, that can be a part of it. But, but we need to always have them go back to the word of God. So what are you doing there? You're establishing the word of God as a standard. Okay, it's wrong because God says so. Okay, and yes, the law says it's wrong. But the law says it's wrong because the law originates from the principles that God laid down, right? The Ten Commandments is the basis for all legal um, systems in the world. Anyway, for that matter, right? So you go to that and then you explain to them the consequence. See, if you don't, if you don't uh, change this behavior and you don't uh, stop doing it, then, you know, it's going to become easier and easier for you to steal bigger and bigger things. And by the way, there are people today who have stolen, you know, uh, embezzled millions of dollars from their companies and they're in jail today. Okay. So you're, you're giving them that sense of the real world. You're bringing that in. You're connecting them to the word of God and you're warning them about why that behavior is wrong. Okay. So, Such a quick so, question there. Yeah. If we are, if we are going to tell them that this, you know, will lead to uh, further thefts, and then you'll get caught, you'll go to jail. How's that different from any dad and mom uh, telling their kids this is wrong? Well, it's it's different because you're connected to the Word of God and say that this is why it's wrong, right? And then and then you can eventually bring this to a conversation about sin, right? And about the yeah. gospel. So, so don't take it in isolation. So I, I want to go to what Agnes said. Uh, Agnes, uh, you had started off saying something. I, I want yeah. to just go back to and I, I would just like to add uh, to the, uh, yeah. what question Brother Job asked. Um, mm -hmm. It would be different because at the end of it, we have to tell them that this will not glorify God's name. Like recently Absolutely. I saw a joke on Facebook, like, you know, you keep your child's name Moses and then he ends up, you know, he's the one who's robbing my house. So if you, you yeah. know, if everyone knows that you're a Christian and you are in mm -hmm. a jail, um, automatically it's going to bring down a God's name. Absolutely. So that's no, how. Absolutely it, right. So, yeah, that's so, how it's so yeah. But, but I, I want to go back to what you said uh, before the warning. You said we should do something first. Yeah. Uh, see, what I also felt that what all points you explain in warning also will come in correction because when you correct absolutely the first thing is yeah. you will ask them why did they do that you'll try to figure out yeah. what was deep down yeah. in their heart then you yeah. will tell them baba this is if you do this this is going to have the consequence exactly so and so you're you're making the point i was i was getting to much earlier and last week which is that it's not in any given situation it's not only correction it's not only warning and and you're absolutely right there is almost always correction Right, uh, unless you're talking about something in the future that they, it's not based on something they've done. But when they've done something, 
there is always correction there is always instruction and there is an element of warning so so you're absolutely right yeah go ahead how would you how would you go about applying correction in this situation yeah so first though it will be like all that whatever you've spoken in warning should be given to them along with the word of god and a humble mm -hmm. request with a loving heart should be made to them to not repeat it again if this was a first incident and yeah. then you have to keep a close watch whether this kind of behavior is repeated um, in a nature like uh, you know it's kind yeah. of a nature to steal steal something what they want it's not it yeah. it will come not only in the form of mm. money but it can come in the form of you know taking your brother's rubbers and pencils and hiding them yeah. or, you know these yeah. kind of thing absolutely so yeah so so that's 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 for the smaller child and you you you're hitting the the right point there for a smaller child they might be taking little things now when they become 14 year old you know so maybe you could say that if we had corrected them and taught them about the, the the about this much earlier maybe they wouldn't have you know so obviously this 14 year old felt it was okay to do that right yeah so, so for 14 year old maybe small yeah, yeah for 14 year so, old maybe you can uh, see for something else i don't know 14 years old yeah, no no i'm just saying what the point you made is correct right if you if you train the child when he's six or seven or whatever that he should go and steal his brother's not steal but you know take his brother's stuff without asking and all this kind of yeah. stuff then you're building that into them so maybe when they're 14 they won't they know the money doesn't belong to them right but uh, i just want to go back to the correction you know bring into conformity with god's standards by remedying something that is wrong so again you go back to why is it wrong right correction has to always go back to god's standard uh, to tell them why it's wrong again god says it's wrong why because you know that's thieving that's stealing right and god has said thou shalt not steal it was in the 10 commandments right um, and so yes you bring correction and there's a warning component to it and then how do you uh, maybe somebody can 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 talk about how do you bring the gospel into this is it important to ask the child on why they stole before yes yeah a yeah yeah so so you need to you need to you need to start off with with uh, with trying to understand and listen right the, so remember the, the communication is 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 listening right and then which one of these you need to do uh, you know and you could you could uh, you know use all of these things all of these three four things encouragement correction all will come into it but absolutely you should i mean in fact it's wrong not to at least let the child speak and say you know and you say look i know you took it right you don't have to have an argument on that it was in your pocket and this is brother must have put it there which is very unlikely okay and then then once once you have that conversation then you start getting into and then look at how how are they responding okay so for example look at encouragement here okay uh, inspire and fill with hope and courage use when a child understands that he is wrong or is facing the pain of failure so you need to see okay how is a child responding is a child you know expressing through their expression through what they're saying does it appear like they understand what they did is wrong if they don't understand what they did is wrong then you go to correction okay maybe you go to a little bit of rebuke right you go to a little bit of warning okay if uh, if they do understand it after that then you give them encouragement okay and and uh, and i want to go back to the question i asked how how do you get the gospel into this into this conversation we say that uh, the the god doesn't like sin uh, and just mm -hmm. like uh, uh, that we are all sinners and then uh, jesus has yeah. to die on the cross and yeah. absolutely 
yeah so you you connect that to say see this is this is the reason why you did this right is because of your sin right and if you start at a young age they'll they'll know i mean like you know a lot of my kids even young when i ask them do you know why you did that and they'll say it's because i'm a sinner okay um and they have to keep be keeping on you have to keep on reminding them of this because they have to keep connecting that i'm a sinner i'm a sinner right they have to they have to realize that you know and and you know as parents sometimes we want to build up our kids and tell them how great they are and how wonderful they are and uh, how super they are uh, you know i'm not saying don't do that there's a place for that but nevertheless you should never get away from get them to thinking that they are some great person and not a sinner right it's important uh, you know the gospel uh, you know bears fruit in a sinful heart the realization that somebody is sinful right so so that's important that we do that and then um, you know when you look at uh, uh, at uh, at some of these things about you know entreaty okay now let's say the child continues to be to be um, well in the situation when would you use entreaty let me ask you this who can explain to me when we might use entreaty in, when we might have to use entreaty in this situation jean still confused still confused okay anybody who's less confused uncle i had a, i had an addition to uh, i wanted to ask you if uh, in forgiven for when you mm. talk about gospel uh, mm. when you just spoke about gospel previously uh, if the child is already uh, saved i think we in that will uh, say put it in another perspective right uh, where uh, we remind the child about Uh, or encourage the child yeah. about uh, going and asking for forgiveness even from the lord and not just from your parents yeah no i i i think uh, yeah i think asking for forgiveness you should do regardless of whether they are saved or not because they need to understand that concept right uh, but uh, but yeah i mean obviously if they are saved then you need to uh, you know uh, you need you need to probably take uh, add a few more things in there to remind them that you know uh, that they're not living by the power of the holy spirit right and and do these kind of things because god doesn't prompt you to do this right your your flesh is dominating so again depends on the age and the understanding and where they are uh, in their walk right yeah okay, okay. yeah thank you okay okay uh, tell me about entreaty how how would uh, depending on you know what direction would this conversation take that would cause you to have to use entreaty which is Earnest and intense pleading, soliciting, urging a child to act in wisdom and faith. I, I'm thinking one of the ways could be that after the correction, the rebuke, and mm-hmm. prayer, mm-hmm. one of yeah. the one of the ways you can entreat your child is, "Hey, I know this is not easy, and we all have mm-hmm. this issue. So when you are tempted to sin in this manner or mm-hmm. another, can mm-hmm. you come and talk to me so that I can help you out through that?" yeah i think i think uh, that's what you're saying is very good but i think that's more encouragement right uh, uh. Uh, if it's after you're you're encouraging him say hey i'm i'm walking with you i'm here to help you i know it's not easy i know it's the temptation is there right uh, you know all those things but but think about entreaty entreaty sort of pleading yeah. you know and 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 it's something that comes in if if the conversation goes in a in a particular direction and i'm just trying to draw what would be that direction that would make you go into entreaty yeah jocha this lijo here so i think uh, entreaty can be applied when um, when we sense that there is a repeated behavior probably going to come we have watched something mm-hmm. like this 
that has been yeah. a trend so even if they don't understand it then you got to uh, do yeah, a more, yeah. more interesting and and even even uh, yeah you're right the trend is right but even in this conversation right if uh, if you've done if you've done the correction and you've done the rebuke right and you've done the warning and it seems like the child is still and you can sense in their spirit you know that they're not accepting it they're mad they're mad at you they they're not they just it's just not sinking in yes. right maybe that's where you you get to entreaty and you say you know what it it it's it's um, you know it 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 brings heaviness in my heart that you're not getting this because the word of god says it okay and there are there are punishments for this and there are consequences to doing this and and, and you know, you have to change right and you keep explaining go back to the warning come back to the entreaty okay so the uh, the point of this this exercise is really to show you that even in an example like this right, you you have uh, you know you you really need to mix and match and and depending on how the conversation goes right um, you know if the child is lying okay initially then you you got to deal with that right so remember we're trying to draw out their heart right and and i think it was agnes who said you want to you want to understand why they did it it's important to know why they did it okay what made them do they is it because they're lacking something what were they planning to do what was she planning to do with the money why did she need it you know and maybe she wanted maybe it's because she wanted it for something that her parents uh, are not allowing her to have for a valid reason then maybe this some instruction that is given about why you can't have it okay uh, so you got to draw the child out right and and by the way if you're getting the sense that this is not a 2 minute conversation you're absolutely right it's not a 2 minute conversation okay it might be a 30 minute conversation because as you draw them out it's going to go in this direction and that direction and go into something else and you got to keep your wits about you and you know and uh, and really uh, be focused right so So anyway, I, I hope that gives you a little bit of sense uh, of uh, of what uh, what is. I'm just looking at the uh, comments in the chat here, warning that this could lead to future incidents of theft. Yeah, absolutely right. Thank you, Jerry. Uh, an attitude of covering that is not rightfully uh, coveting is not. Yeah. Uh, and then I got another comment privately saying, taking what we did not earn or what is due to us. getting something the wrong way could lead to laziness loss of testimony trust yeah i think somebody else brought that out so absolutely right so these are all good uh, good uh, directions to take the conversation in um okay sorry uh, jerry was i asked i pulled on jerry jerry is actually translating uh, into hindi uh, so uh, yeah 10 commandments says don't steal so i believe we can bring it that way to teach absolutely right uh, so yeah i think i think these are all uh, all very valid points uh, can entreaty become an emotional blackmail type situation yes entreaty can become an emotional blackmail so it's important that you you check your heart okay uh, you check your own attitude and i think when you connect entreaty to the word of god okay uh, and uh, and do it in the right way it need not be emotional blackmail okay um, and that's a very fine line there so i i think the question is is very valid okay so anyway that's just a a scenario to help you think through this okay now everybody's scenario is different and i i would encourage you maybe as husband and wife to look at scenarios to to do the same exercise okay take a scenario that you're facing with your child maybe he's 2 years old maybe he's 6 years old uh, or whatever right uh, you've got scenarios and and try to you know have a little bit of 
game game it out a little bit and see you know well how should i handle this how should we handle this the next time it happens what are some what, what is it telling me about his heart or her heart right and what are the verses that i need to bring into the discussion okay because because that's very important that you're that it's not just you out of anger it's not you out of your worldly wisdom it's not uh, any of those things uh, but rather it's coming uh, you know uh, from the word of god okay so i th- i think that was a useful exercise so i've got a lot of well, not a lot a few questions here okay so i'm re- i'm going through the pigeon hole here many a times a raised voice only seems to make kids less that we mean business how do we manage this without having to use harsher methods as they may not be request required for that instance okay so you know i think raised voice uh, the reason why kids think that raised voice only seems to uh, mean business is because you have conditioned them that way okay um, and certainly i'm not saying there's there is there is a place for a raised voice especially you know in this thing of uh, you know uh, the uh, rebuke okay um, you know where let's say the child is about to do something dangerous like stick his hand in the on the hot stove or something you know you better raise your voice there okay to get their attention but uh, but what happens is you know when you when you have the scenario where repeatedly you say something to the child okay uh, i tell him please go do this okay uh, he ignores it uh, you say it again he ignores it again and then the third time you gradually start raising your voice and you still ignore it okay when you do it the fourth time and you really shout then only he realizes that so they really, kids are very smart okay they uh, they really get um, you know um, you know they really get used to this and they know first of all they know that dad's not serious till he gets to the third warning or third time okay and then and also they can know by the tone of voice okay and certainly there's a place for tone of voice but uh, but be careful what you get your child child used to okay um so uh, that's on the raised voice uh, but what i would suggest what you do is you know when you say something and the child disobeys you know you need to pull him aside even at a very young age and uh, and uh, and say uh, you know have a talk with them okay take the time to explain to them you know when dad says something okay i mean it and you have to do it okay and if you repeatedly don't do what i ask you to do that's disobedience and then we get into the next week's lesson on the rod okay we'll come to that next week how do we handle stubborn behavior sometimes a child knows that it's wrong but willingly chooses to hold on to the wrong how can this be handled okay so again we'll talk about this next week when the child is being stubborn uh, you know and is and, and and especially if you know that the child knows okay and is choosing to that that's the that's the 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 time to use the rod okay so you don't use a rod if it's the first time you don't use a rod if 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 it's something some new situation the child you couldn't have expected them yeah you might have corrected them on something similar in the past but maybe they didn't make the connection and it's a repeated kind of thing okay uh, and and you are telling them with love with kindness and they're refusing then that's where the rod comes in okay so come back next week okay my son verbally repeats what he wants a lot we tell him to ask only once but he starts asking again soon afterwards he asks for things like chocolates or my tools how do i teach him patience okay so i don't know this person would have helped if you had explained how old your son is so a lot of this depends on uh, on how old he is okay so if you're a two if you've got a two year old okay and uh, they ask uh, you know remember their capacity to grasp and and remember is not as much as a 4 year old or 6 year old or 8 year old okay so you know you got to you got to be patient okay 
So you can teach them patience by being impatient with them. Okay, uh, and, and uh, things like chocolates, you know, uh, you need to explain to them why. Yeah, well, you know, you had chocolates in the morning and if you eat too much chocolates, it's bad for your health and bad for your teeth and, and blah, blah, blah. You know, uh, all mothers have a lecture ready on this one. You explain to them and say, no, I will give you chocolates. You know, have something. You know, says, says, you know, you had chocolates today. I won't give you any more chocolates till tomorrow. Okay, so you, so you get them used to the fact that, you, yeah, you can have chocolates, nothing wrong with it. As long as it's in a limited quantity and it's under control and, 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 and here's how we're going to get it, right? Here's, here's, here's how often you can have them, right? So, uh, yeah, I think with younger kids, it requires a lot of repetition, okay? As a kid gets older and you know they understand it, then it's, it's more disobedience, willful disobedience that needs to be dealt with in, in a different way. I feel constant uh, reminder of biblical perspective of sinfulness and choosing to follow the Lord through repentance somewhere causes the child to harden himself to the constant reminder of this. Is it possible? Well, I mean, anything is possible. Um, I mean, you know, you look at the children of Israel, uh, how many times did God warn them? Okay? How many times did he send prophets to them? And they hardened their hearts. Okay? How many times did God send uh, Moses to Pharaoh and warn him? He hardened his heart. So yes, human nature, the sin nature hardens its heart uh, against uh, the ways of God, the warnings of God. So, so yeah, not only is it possible, it will happen. Okay, but, but then, you know, how does God respond? He keeps showing his love, he keeps showing, you know, he keeps exposing sin, right? He keeps warning them against the consequences of sin. And so I think, I think we have to do that, okay? Uh, but again, the, you, gotta, you gotta achieve that balance, okay? So don't, uh, I mean, you know, I think sometimes you overthink this stuff, you know, like, you know, if you're warning them about, if you're worried that the constant reminder will cause him to harden his heart, I can tell you that not giving him a reminder is probably going to result in something worse. Okay? So, you know, when a child sins, remind him that he's a sinner, okay, and what the sin is and why, why is, and again, take him back to the word of God. It's not your word, it's the word of God. How do you help your child not fall into despair when he repeatedly is not able to obey change and communication seems to be become monotonous for him or her? Yeah, you know, communication is only monotonous if, if the only communication you're doing is one particular type. Okay, so remember, we, we, I think, I think the, I, what I'm sensing here is that with some of these questions that we, we think communication is about discipline. Communication is not just about discipline. Okay, that's why there's encouragement in there. Okay, you should be communicating with the child at all times about all manner of things. So then the child knows that, you know, you communicate love to them, you communicate warning to them, you communicate encouragement to them, you know, at the same time you communicate, uh, you know, rebuke to them, right, when they need it. And they know that, then they know that if mom or dad is telling me something, they really mean it and, and they want it for my own good because, hey, half, more than half the time they're telling me other things that are good for me, that, that I consider to be good, right, that show their love for me. So, so think of communication as not just a discipline tool. It's, it's a nurturing tool. It's a shepherding tool. Okay, you're trying to, and it's to be used not just when the child is doing something wrong. All right, I think that's part of the problem is we think, we, we think that shepherding a child's heart is all about discipline. Okay, it's not just about discipline. Discipline is one part of it, but it's about the entire gamut of, of life, right? You're trying to shepherd them. You know, even when they're going in the right direction, you need to have the encouraging conversation with them and encourage them by saying, hey, that's awesome. You know, it, 
uh, you know, I, 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 you know, I feel good. That pleases the Lord, you know, that you did that when you did a, an act of kindness. Okay. Um, my three, three-year-old son doesn't like to share. How do I teach him to do that? We have tried giving him examples by purposely sharing and showing other people sharing, but he doesn't like to. Okay. Um, I think some of you are trying to figure out who has a three-year-old son. But anyway, that's at CBF that doesn't work because just about everybody probably has a two or three-year-old son. Um, yeah. So again, I, I think this is something that requires a lot of patience, right? So maybe what you need to do is is um, is is give him encouragement when he shares. Let him hear from you, right? When he shares, wow, you know what? I, I that that made me feel so good to see you share, right, with somebody. Um, you know, and the fact that a child doesn't want to share is not a surprise. Okay, it, it's selfishness is bound up in the heart of a child. Okay. Now, uh, you know, we'll talk about the rod next week. I think, I think sometimes, you know, when when you know the child is understanding and the child continues to not want to practice it, then it crosses that line into sort of, you know, from uh, ignorance to, you know, willful disobedience, right? And if it's a big problem there, then you do need to think about, you know, will the application of the rod, uh, you know, do some good, right? So, uh, so yeah, that's something to think about. Uh, so anyway, we are, we are out of time. I think those are all good, very good questions. Um, uh, and I hope you're getting some sense. Uh, and I like the way the exercise went because what I want you to see that, first of all, it's not that easy. It requires a lot of, uh, you know, a, a lot of practice in the sense of you got to keep doing it and you, you won't be perfect, but you learn, right? Um, so I'm just reading some quick chats here. Um, yeah. I feel raised voice usually comes when we don't have time to sit with the child. I have experienced it absolutely. Uh, when we have time, they do it with nice talk also. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, the person who asked this uh, privately that uh, very often the anger comes in and, and you start raising the voice and, and, you know, and, and there are times when you don't have time. I mean, you're in the middle of something and, and you, know, you just need to take a pause and say, look, you need to stop it. I will, I will come back to you in a little bit. Okay. And we'll talk about it. Right. And, and try to get the child off the, off the topic and come back to it later if you absolutely don't have time. But ideally in that moment, you know, you need to sort of take that time. You know, if the lunch is going to be late by 20 minutes, so be it. Okay. You, nobody's going to starve. Um, you know, your husband can manage, he can eat a peanut butter sandwich or something, um, you know, or, uh, or whatever. Right. So, um, so I think, um, um, you know, the, uh, the, um, uh, the, the point there is, is very correct. Uh, it's a lot of this anger raising voice, uh, you know, happens because we want to get it done right away. And we think that doing that will, will stop that behavior. Right. Okay. How do you handle willful disobedience in a 14 year old? Yeah. We'll come back to it later. I think, uh, you know, th this is where that, that crossing path thing, right. Where, you know, you, when you get into that 14, 15, uh, you know, you, you need to, by the way, I have spanked uh, some of my kids who are older than 14. Okay. Uh, I've had to do that. So there are times to do that. Um, uh, you know, but definitely it becomes more difficult, right? So you want to, uh, which is why, you know, you need to do the spanking at a much earlier age. Okay. Uh, again, we'll talk about the principles around that uh, starting next week. So, uh, so ideally as a child gets older, you want to have more of the talk and get them to reason, help you understand, because their understanding is that much more, right? Uh, and then, you know what, ultimately, 
you know, I think uh, at, at a certain point, you just have to commit it to the Lord. And which is why throughout all of these, okay, no matter how old your child is, two or four or six or 14 or 25, uh, you know, that's the oldest child that I have is 25. Um, you know, you've got to leave it to the Lord. And uh, as I get older, there are a lot of things where, you know, I have to sort of make a choice, you know, and say, do I really, do I really, this is something that I really want to go and harp on with them. Okay. Or do I just take it to the Lord and pray that the Lord will convict them and change their heart? You know, as the child gets old, older, and I'm talking about, you know, 18, 19, 24, that, that age, there's a lot of things that you just commit to the Lord. Okay. Because they are adults. They need to make their own decisions. They need to make their own mistakes and learn. The Lord needs to speak to them. Uh, you know, uh, again, that whole authority thing, right? Authorities, you know, the, 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 the authority goes down, influence needs to go up, right? Uh, and I'd say, I would say the more uh, you are, you're relying on influence, the more you need prayer that the child would, you know, respond to your influence, right? Uh, so, so I think the prayer also needs to go up as your child goes, goes older. All right, good. I think we'll stop there. Uh, let's. I hope you all found that useful. Uh, and and please do spend the next week, you know, practicing this. Okay. And and I would really encourage you to sit down with your spouse, you know, husband and wife together, and and talk about it. Okay. The, the one of the biggest problems we have is fathers just don't get involved in stuff and they leave it to the mothers. And not only is that not right, so uh, again, look at all those instructions. Good one. Okay. He's given it to the fathers. Okay. I, I almost think that God felt that. For mothers, it comes naturally, you know, and you needed to explain to the fathers, but it's, it's you that God holds accountable. Okay? Uh, so keep that in mind. Practice these things. And for next week, please read chapter 11. Many of you who've been waiting for the rod, uh, you'll be happy to know we will actually get there finally. So read chapter 11 in the book, please. Uh, embracing difficult methods, the rod. Okay. All right. Thank you, everybody. Have a good uh, lunch and good, uh, good afternoon.